minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fan. Another sports weekend. In fact, an especially great one because we have, I think, all four major sports going on at one time. Welcome to Minus Three, ready to chop it all up for you with the usual crew here on a Thursday coming at you, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you're betting along with us. FanDuel.com slash Minus Three. That's the word minus the number three. I care not if you join me or if you fade me. Just as long as you use the promo code minus three at fanduel.com. Follow along all the fun minus three pod on social media. And let's jump right into it because we have a lot to kibitz about here. Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass. And as always, back on his perch, ready to spit some wisdom or maybe some bad tips. Either way, it's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? Rough week for you. How the fuck do you think I am? How do you think I am? Use your head. How do you think I'm feeling right now? You know, you Golden try, sombrero from your teams. You 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 try to um, find solace. You're like, okay, okay, just just move on, just move on. Uh, watch the Celtics. Just 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 forget what happened at Fenway. Just move on. And then it's Dennis Schroeder misses a layup. Jalen Brown misses a dunk and Jason Tatum is missing both testicles in fucking double overtime against the Knicks. Like I, I, such a fucking calamitous start. And I'm like, that, oh, the basketball season's over too. The wait a minute, wait a minute, season, wait a minute, wait just a second. Ended in a six hour window. Like Jason Tatum refuses <laughs> to improve. He refuses. I don't know what he does in the off season. He's like, He's a nice scorer who makes no one better. Jalen Brown, meanwhile, is making these leaps. Every year he comes back with a new bag of tricks. And Jason Tatum is just like, I don't know. I'm going to make $500 million playing basketball. I could give a fuck if I get better. And you know what? He's going to go to some other team and be second banana, and which he, which he should be. And he'll get his ring with some other killer, a killer who's, you know, he's just not a killer. He's just languid, and he's just like – he shot seven for 30, two for 15 from behind the arc, and he was still – at the end of the first overtime, he's six for 24. Jalen Brown is 15 for 25. At the end of the first overtime, Jason Tatum goes, clear out, guys. Clear out. I got the ball. What? Get everyone out of my way. I'm I'm drilling it at a 25% clip, which is about to go down. So then he does the dribble, 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 drive, create no space, fade away, baseline shot, air ball, air ball. The morons that talk to us about basketball on ESPN go, he got a good look. Well, wait a minute, Mark Jackson. Hold on, Mark Jackson. If he got a good look, then you got to talk about why it was an air ball. If you think that's a good look, then he airballed a good look. But you're insane if you think that was a good look. That was a terrible shot taken by an ice cold player while the hottest player on the planet is standing on the other side of the court watching him. Anyway, that was just fucking basketball. As I was- wait a second, I want to say because I need to, I want to infuse a little sunshine. That was a good catch by Kendrick Bourne on Sunday. So oh, that was Christ. nice. 
Oh my god. That was good. So you, look, you, you I had like barely, not lost. I had fucking barely gotten the stink of the shit Laz Diaz took on my chest the night before. I mean, we're these games matter. These baseball games matter. And this is the way we're deciding them. Hey, you know, Laz Diaz was really terrible during the regular season behind the plate. He's one of the worst home plate umpires. This guy guesses on every ball strike call. Yeah, we know. Um, get back there. He's going to do this playoff game. What? That, that's impossible. Obviously, Laz Diaz cannot be behind the plate for an ALCS game. This is nuts. Oh, no, no, no. You know what? It's part of the game. I love this thing of like, so he throws, you know, ball four to J.D. Martinez. The catcher doesn't even throw down because the catcher knows it's ball four. And then the catcher's like, wait, you called that a strike? Well, now I am pissed that I was interfered with. And it and it's like, I, I love this thing of like, hey, man, too close to take. No, it's a ball. The reason you say too close to take is because you know the blind fucking moron behind the plate might call it a strike because these guys suck. Meanwhile, you watch tennis and it's like, uh, that ball was a millimeter. Now out. we're doing tennis. Well, the ball was a millimeter <laughs> out, and it took us ten seconds to figure it out. You watch. Soccer, it's insane that that's correct. Watch, but listen, it's insane. You watch soccer, and the referee has an IFB. The ball is a sixteenth of an inch, an RCH, as they call it in construction, over the goal line, and the referee immediately gets a ding in his ear, like that's a goal. And he just points to the center circle immediately. Meanwhile, uh, we could have a fucking cube, an electronic cube that immediately tells us if the ball dinged the cube or not. And the, and the ump would get in his IFB. would be like, that's actually a strike. Nathan Evaldi actually struck that guy out. We can now proceed to the bottom of the ninth. Or we can just keep fucking doing it this way in perpetuity where the wrong team wins game after game. And by the way, I know... Flores is 0 for 17 against Max Scherzer, and the count would have been 1 and 2. But it would take five seconds to fucking show that that's not a swing. But here's what we do in baseball. Wait, well, hold on, Spaghetti. I'm going to go get an omelet. I'll be back in about 45 minutes. Let me know. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Baseball goes, here's what we do. Here's what we do in baseball. We throw it down to a guy 90 feet away with a questionable angle to confirm this call. Hey, what do you got down there? This would be like the fucking back judge in football calling illegal use of the hands on the left guard. Like, you're so far away from the play. So, I mean, and I always think when I see them gack this call, which, by the way, 50-50 on check swings, they miss this call all the time. And and I know that Dodger fans were like, well, we would have won the division if the uh, the rough check swing had been called correctly during the regular season. Yeah, I know. They miss it all the time. My point is not who should have won or who shouldn't win or who or it balances out. Why not just fucking get it right? That would take five seconds to go, oh, he didn't swing. Carry on. It's now one and two. And by the way, if you're the Dodgers, obviously you want to win. And that's the most important thing. But wouldn't you just rather Scherzer punch him out on the next pitch instead of listening to the Giants bitch? You know, wouldn't wouldn't the Astros rather, you know, have won game four in the 11th than go, oh, Laz Diaz just awarded you the game with his shitty fucking umpiring. Um, Anyway, so I'm miserable. Well, Uh, I I completely get it. I'm sorry for you. I'll say, I mean, but it's a recurring theme on this show. And so obviously we could do another four hours about 
horrendous examples of terrible officiating that directly impact the results of these things. And then we wring our hands about, hey, this is a billion dollar industry, whichever of the major sports we're talking about here. And it never resolves itself. I don't know if it's owed to the juice that official um, that referee unions have. Why will pro football not allow for the obvious, as you described, like uh, somebody getting in the referee's ear, beep, 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 beep. No, you made the wrong call. Reverse that. Like, okay, yeah, sorry. No flag there and move on. The the added, <laughs> the, what makes it even worse is that it takes them six minutes to make these bad determinations. That's that's another factor. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not belly aching about it as a Steelers fan. The Steelers won on Sunday night. But Seahawks fans hitting me up in response to me saying, hey, if you're going to stop the game with two seconds left in regulation to review an obvious catch and, and you know, stop any sort of nervous energy that the place kicker might have for the Seahawks to force overtime with, with a long field goal, if you're going to quell all that by stopping the game down, then you need to be able to look at the evidence on the, your monitor of Russell Wilson in his tracksuit standing on the field telling his teammate, who is active, unlike Russell Wilson, who why he's allowed on the field, to go and put the ball, to literally spot the ball where it goes so that they can stop the clock down in two seconds. What the hell are we doing? What are we doing? Well, it it in, really in, is crazy. But we can devote, like I the, say. In fairness to the terrible officiating at the end of regulation in, in that aforementioned game, everyone, everyone participating in that game was having the same um, problem, which was – what the fuck is DK Metcalf doing? No one could figure out what was, no one was ready for what transpired because it's like, DK, you're trying to get an extra yard? What? Step out of bounds. What are you doing? Like, it, it's like this, I, I mean, oh my God, was that a brain cramp to end all brain cramps? And so obviously the, the correct <laughs> he thing fights happened, with Shannon Sharp. The correct thing happened, which is that the Seahawks deserve to lose for that play alone. So the right result happened, but it it should the clock should have just run out right there. But my point is, my point is, is that the bourgeoisie has won is my point, uh, uh, Hench, because what this results in. So I float out like just as an observation, of course, as I say, the Steelers won the game. So I'm not uh, wringing my hands too much about it. It, it. Things turned out right. But. When I say, what is Russell Wilson doing on the field? And why is that not flagged and moving him out of field goal range, ending the game? Seahawks fans shoot back with, uh, with, with screen grabs of Mike Tomlin stepping on the field 10 years ago against the Ravens and as though they're owning me. And I'm like, to your point, yeah, that was that was also a penalty. Of course, he can't step on the field, and he paid, uh, I think, a hundred thousand dollars or whatever for doing it. That's that's the distinction there. And this going back and forth between fan bases that somehow the bourgeoisie is clean on high, while we argue like, yeah, but they missed that other call. This is what we're reduced to as fans. Like, yeah, but it all worked out in the end because they missed that other call, and that it's it, it's well, unsatisfying I, I, and easy. And why it's so crazy is it's easily resolved as we say with 21st century technology you can easily wire down to the field in 1988 
Spaghetti, were you born? Oh, no, no, no. I was negative four years old. Okay. All right. So um, in 1988, my buddy Tony Riley and I uh, were doing what any any reputable college kids would do in the summer, which is drive around the country going to baseball games, you know, going to all the stadiums. It was incredible. Cool. And we were in St. Louis, and we we I think we were in the bar before the Cardinals game, and and there's just a giant painting like a hand painting of Todd Worrell's foot on the base in the 85 World Series and George Orta's foot in the air. It's a painting. It's a still rendering of Don Denkinger costing the Cardinals the World Series. So we look at that painting and we go, well, we can't ever, we can't have that happen. And go, good news, good news. Um, Every time Angel Hernandez 100% 100% of the times misses a bang bang play. He's 0 for 1000. He's never gotten a bang bang play right. Good news, even though Angel Hernandez is going to get his full game check as an umpire, someone else is going to do his job by getting the call right when he misses the call at first base or the plate or wherever he's positioned to ruin the game. So, we we made that progress and and now we can we can hire a local Boston artist to paint uh, Nathan Avaldi's. Speaking of paint, to to paint his curveball that painted the outside corner, and then ten years from now we go, hey, remember when games were decided by the guy missing ball strike calls? And it's like, why do we have to wait for the fucking worst possible result to happen every time when we know it's coming? Laz Diaz, like these umpire scorecards, they go. This is this is the guy's percentage. And by the way. There are umps who are amazing. I mean, imagine any of us being behind the catcher and trying to fucking guess if a 99-mile-an-hour pitch caught the corner. There are umps that are amazing. Laz Diaz is not one of them. Why is he umping the biggest game of the year? Who knows? Well, uh, but re- it, it, it's, a fa- it's fascinating. Like I say, at least... The NFL, I'm not sure about the other league's explanation, but they want control on the field for some reason, and they get uneasy with vending it out to another site. But then they also, which, which I don't fully understand when the technology is available to, to get these calls correct, but then also they indicate, they just sort of as a side note, Al Michaels or, or whomever will just sort of say like, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're um, experimenting with a technology that on occasion... New York City will wire down to to the referee the correct call. Like what? Oh, oh, then they then why are you not doing that all the time? And we just accept it and we go on and we argue amongst ourselves. And this is the league, by the way, that good for you know, Kamish Goodell, very clever. He he's playing 4D chess here. He's uh he's flooding the zone, as they say. He's he goes from so this Urban Meyer thing is a bad look. John Gruden's emails will distract from that. And now we're on to, oh, yeah, the guy who's got 22 accusations against him. Yeah, we're going to trade him in season and we're going to let him play in season savior for one team. Is that really going to happen? And by the way, if you're a pro football team, is it really so desperate that you the situation so dire that you would trade for a guy who is in legitimate legal jeopardy right now? You would trade away pro football assets in draft picks or otherwise to get a guy whose situation is this unresolved and see if it works out. It really seems crazy. And like we've laughed about before, 
a little bit. Nothing funny about for for the women involved in in all that mess. Of course, I have to say that, so uh, no one on Mount Pius comes after me. But <laughs> the 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 guy I feel bad for in this is Tua, who had a decent game over in London last week, and he's like, uh, "Hey, Mr. Ross, but you know the guy has all those charges against him, right? Like you, you're not gonna." You're not going to replace me with that. I mean, the guy's a talented guy, Deshaun Watson. Uh, don't get me wrong, but you know, like anything to get away from you. The mistake that you are to uh, is well, uh, well there, there's no limit I'll go to to get from out from under uh, the mess that you've made for us. I mean, it, it really is terrible. Anyway, listen, we have uh, busy well, weekends coming here. Of of horrible uh, football events. Um, for twenty years. I mean, obviously, I lived it. It was incredible. The Patriots were well-coached. They were just a well-coached team. Inarguably a well-coached team. They didn't take personal foul penalties. They didn't have punts blocked. They they didn't have false starts. They didn't have pre-snap penalties. The Patriots are so fucking terribly coached now. It is it is disorienting. This is is the best one of all, Spaghetti. He's turning on his own. It is disorienting to watch a Patriots game because you're going to see 10 things happen that haven't happened for 20 years. Bill Belichick was the father of you go for it on fourth and two on your own 28. He was the economics major who said on my own 28 yard line, fourth and two, I have a better chance of winning this game than punting to Peyton Manning. He was ahead of the computer. He invented it. He he he's like, no, 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 no. It we're not gonna stop him whether he has to go 75 yards or 28 yards. He understood that. This year, all he does is punt the ball when he was is definitely should go for it. Like you invented this against the Buccaneers, fourth and two inside the 50. Everybody goes for it now. Everybody goes for it. He punts. He sends Folk after a 56-yard field goal when it's fourth and three and a first down will kill off the game. He he sends Folk out to miss even though there's a minute left and Brady's going to get a field goal. To, then against the Cowboys, by the way, the Cowboys which come by out the way, game. Which, by the way, as a side note, is why it was the right move to go for it on fourth down on Monday Night Football. Because if you kick the field goal, you leave a minute. And if you live in reality, that's way too much time for the other team Agreed. with totally the high-end offense to go down Bill's, and kick the game. You're talking Bill's, ti- Bill's Titans, right? Right. Correct. Bill's Titans, yes. yeah. And, and I of thought uh, you go Riddick, for it you know, Riddick embarrassed himself by saying, I would have kicked the field goal there. It's like, have you you know nothing about the game then. That 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 you know anyway yeah you but, reside 1988 in, in other words yeah, exactly. is what you're, like that, you're that, not that, aware of the knows. available they information definitely, they definitely did the right thing um you know i always prefer the rollout with options for your big hoss of a quarterback there but so belichick play action at the goal the- line in short yardage will always work david carr and i will tell anybody who listens there are some smart football people that have finally started to listen but of course boot action in short yardage is unstoppable it will always work especially if your quarterback is josh allen for goodness sake. yes yeah. so so belichick comes out and he's you know i'm assuming I didn't. We they didn't have a camera trained on him. That I couldn't see if he was actually watching the game. I was watching the game. I watched every play with with Sal, which was a fucking joy. It's so brutal when you you know it's that thing of like, um, 
how, you know, how excited are you allowed to get when you know your buddy is fucking miserable? Uh, he got plenty excited, trust me. Um, so, so Belichick's watching a game where Mike McCarthy, of all people, is fucking coaching circles around him. Mike McCarthy comes out and goes, oh, we're going for it on fourth and one at our 29. We're, go- we're never not going for it on fourth and one. We're going to go for it on fourth and one 10 yards behind our goalpost. We're not punting on fourth and one. Like, that's the right move. You have a huge athletic quarterback. You have a battering ram running back. They figured it out. Okay. In that game, Belichick, again, repeat of the Tampa Bay fiasco, punts on fourth and two inside the 50. Again, like what every team in the league goes for it here. Then in fucking overtime, fourth and three, he punts the ball. You're you don't think this team's going to get a field goal. You don't think you you think you're gonna what you think they're gonna three and out this this juggernaut of an offense. You think you're gonna hold them? Obvious. You by the way, you invented this. You invented this. This is the exact play. You you think this Cowboys offense is any less terrifying than the Colts offense when you said we're better throwing a little dink pass to Kevin Falk here? He came up six inches short, but it was the right move. The computer proved it. Now he's forgotten. He's forgotten how to coach football. And and I don't like, you know, people are like, you know, going like, ah, this, uh, I think this nepotism is biting Belichick in the ass. Like, he's the head coach. He's definitely making the decision on fourth down of whether they're they're going for it or or punting. And he is just, I mean, in the Tampa Bay game, his two decisions on fourth down were the third worst and sixth worst of the week. Statistically, the computer said those two decisions hurt your team this much. The, the, the percentage chance of you winning based on these decisions was diminished this much. And I'm sure he topped those two terrible decisions on Sunday against the Cowboys. We're going to give them the ball in overtime. They win with a field goal. Like, of course you go for it on fourth and three. It's uh, of course you're right. It, it is. It is. It reminds me of my cousin, Brandon, AKA Mr. Hipster, who is one of those. He's so he's so deep in the music hipsterism that he's one of those guys who's it's like, Hey, Brighton the Corners is a good pavement album, I would say to him. And he would be like, eh, washed up. They went too mainstream for my taste. Wowie's always where it's at. I don't listen to that stuff. And it's like, Terror Twilight's a good album, though, Brandon. And he, and, and, is, and he doesn't listen to it. And that's what Bill Belichick is doing. It's like, you're in overtime, fourth and three. Do you know where your team is this season? You need a win here. I know it's still relatively early and you can seduce your own brain if no one else is into like, ah, we can, you know, this game's... If you kick the ball away, what likelihood is it, Belichick, that the Cowboys are going to get stopped, you're going to get the ball back and drive down the field? Because a tie ain't great for you. You need to win the game. I know it's still, like I say, week six, but you need to scratch out a win here. And this is an opportunity for you to get over on one of the better teams in uh, in pro football. It's loco, but that's all rearview mirror stuff. Let's look ahead. And by the way, play along with us, extrapoints.com, at the arcade. Hench is in there, Eddie Spaghetti, Sal, everybody else um, is a part of it. You can make your pick and picks in NFL, college football, a couple other ones up there. I'm not sure which they are, Eddie Spaghetti. And I have a question submitted by our mutual pal, Bald Brian, um, from the Corolla show that we may have a chance to. It all involves all this baseball and 
postseason stuff because he is a now uh, very sad Giants fan. I'll ask it to you very quick. Cliff's notes it because we got to get into our picks here already. But very quickly, your thoughts, Hench, we've kind of indulged this conversation before. If you're a Giants fan, San Francisco, I mean, are you doing the right or wrong thing by rooting for the Braves? He was questioning me about that, and I, I said, no. I mean, the, the Dodgers are your rival. You want them to suffer great pain, yeah, period. That's, that's He's easy. He's like, but isn't there a ca- is there a case to be made that you want the team that beat you to win the title so it makes you look better? And I said, no, absolutely not. Shame the devil. <laughs> This right? is not, this is, you know, bald is not five years old. You're not explaining sports to bald. This is insane. Of course, you, you want the Dodgers to get, you know, swept and lose every game 15 zip. Like you want utter humiliation. I mean, it's why I kept having to remind myself while Laz Diaz was ruining my season, eliminated the Yankees, eliminated the Yankees, eliminated the Yankees. That's all what that I keep telling my old man, my Red Sox loving old man. I'm like, listen, this is all gravy. You gravy, can't be gravy, like, gravy, what? Gravy. I mean, then, well, then he gets really grim. He's like, I don't know if I have any more chances to see the Red Sox uh, go all the way. You know, time's running out on the old man. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know what the, I don't know. Is, I don't have a good response to that, but is, uh, I'm sorry. The Red Sox don't have better pitching yeah. for you in the twilight of your life, but uh, <laughs> you're taking your vitamins. Okay. Um, I, uh, I'll hit I up the GM and see if they can get a, a more a better starting rotation for you yeah. in uh, your Fine, 85th year on the plan. Um, I will say this on your dad's behalf because we all went through this. Part of the reason the house money and the gravy didn't wasn't working is it was astonishing the way the Red Sox timed it because they're so flawed, right? That bullpen, it's like, God forbid Garrett Whitlock ever give up a run, which I warned my buddies. I was like, he's not going to give ever get everybody out in perpetuity. Like eventually this guy who'd never pitched above double A is going to give up a run. And sure enough, he did in game four. But the the thing that's so devastating for Red Sox fans is we were just having fun the second we started to believe it could happen. The sec- I mean, it was incredible. It was like that, you know, the game three route, we were like, oh my God, I think the Braves are going to beat the Dodgers. Well, we're definitely going to beat the Astros, and then we could beat the Braves. I don't know if we could beat the Dodgers. We could definitely beat the Braves. So That's like, interesting, like, right. You're right. like, okay, so we got two more. We'll finish off the Astros. They have no pitching. We'll finish them off. Then we got to go up against the Braves. Okay, well, I guess we win. I don't like. And then like, you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> your team has massive flaws that you have conveniently forgotten while you're hitting grand slams every game. So I think your dad probably got caught up the same way we all did, which is like, we can win the World Series. Like we hadn't really oh, thought I mean, about that. That's the way. Well, that's, I mean, you know, as a Steelers fan, obviously the Patriots always stood in the way of any Steelers would be Super Bowl run over the last 20 years. And yeah, I, I, I always think about like, yeah, that's nice. The Steelers are, are going to win the divisional round game, but they have to go to Foxborough next weekend. Wait a second. The Jets went into Foxborough and beat the Patriots. And now we host the AFC title game. What now? And wait, Caleb Haney's in for the bears. And they might beat the Packers. They might eliminate Aaron Rodgers. We're going to get another trophy, everybody. Yeah, that's I, I, I've uh, fallen into the same trap. All right, let's look ahead here, Hench. Start us off. Do you want to do it by going through some pro football games, or do you just want to lay your best bets on well, right here? Well, um, let's let's do football to start, and you know, go go as long as we 
care to on that. Okay, and then we'll squeeze, um, squeeze those yeah, in. Okay. Yeah, Big weekend so, for me. I'm going to Bloomington, Indiana, where I matriculated. And while I tailgate before the Ohio State uh, Hoosiers, the, the waxing that they'll shortly give the Hoosiers, although I was there. I was in the stands. I'm so old. I was there once, and I watched um, Dave Schnell, Anthony Thompson, and company destroy Ohio State. I was in the stadium. That was when they they started to turn the corner. Then they fell back off a cliff. And then we got hope again in 2020, and now we're back to our rightful place near the bottom of uh, the Big Ten standings. Um, but I will be watching the favored Pitt Panthers against Clemson. I know. What in the hell it, world are we July, living in that Pitt is giving points? In July, somebody told you your, your Pitt Panthers will be laying three and a half against Clemson. No it's way. insane. All right, let's let's okay. do Sunday though because to me okay. there are two games I think to most people that stand out. Let's start with the AFC well, North game. What? Wait, you're going to well, you're going to uh, I was going to give my best bets. Oh, I thought you said you wanted to start with football. I'm just responding well, the way I mean, you I'm requested. Start, All right. I'm going to start with look. I know this is I know this is the best produced podcast in America. We <laughs> we 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 just that's go, on oh, that's oh, on Eddie Spaghetti. That's a shot okay. at Spaghetti. Well, spaghetti sends out a rundown. And I have go, I literally have 75 and, topics in the rundown, and, 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 and I and knew I, and we're going to talk. And look, obviously, I've got a lot of pain I have to process, but I you know anyway. Okay. So, well, this I'm, is I'm, I'm, how can you come after me when you start the when you start the podcast with a 27 minute rant about this, that and the other and, and what you're miffed about? This is this is your uh, fair, uh, point. Uh, fair, fair point, fair point, fair point. Go, go uh, ahead. Let's you know okay. what? I'm sorry. Well, I, we're I have we're one, all a little upset right football now. Bet. I have one football okay. bet that I will give as my best bet for football. And then we can have our football. This is fun for the listener to hear our pre-production meeting on air. This is fun. That's so right. then, then we'll discuss football, and then I have a, a you know a baseball best bet and a. Don't you have enough structure in your life? You got to be there for this thing. You got to go to school. You got to be at this class at this time. We're 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 liberating the, you. The, the you don't know what the listener has a fucking scratch pad and a pencil and is waiting for these guaranteed locks, uh, and then and then they have to they have to listen. To us, not know what we're doing. Okay, here we go. This is the. This I'm is glad because I thought you were about to betray yourself. By the way, about 17 minutes ago, when you're like any wild Steelers and Seahawks fans, I thought you were about to uh, to invoke Super Bowl 40 and the well. I gotta say, I am, I am a little. Right. I am a little disappointed in Seahawks fans that they're sending you pictures of Mike Tomlin on the sideline instead of 11 stills from the Super Bowl where your team got every call. Like Someday we'll go back through those calls one by one and I will eviscerate the arguments about how this was a bad call and every call went the Steelers' way. Yeah, they were the correct call, so good. Maybe there's one that I I, I will. will. I'm excited to see the hold on the Peter Warwick punt return. Well, Well, it'll be good video. Um, so my, my lock, you know, we had, we've given out one teaser this year because teasers are tough and you lose a lot of money, but it was a winner. And this two team teaser, I feel great about, uh, teasing the Packers down to two points against the woeful Washington football team. That seems easy. That one's easy. Okay. And I know we've talked about the Chiefs an awful lot on on this on this pod, 
and and you've been right on the money about their considerable flaws, but the Titans coming off that short week, a difficult game, a narrow escape, and they got decimated in that game. They lost guys left and right. I can't imagine. I'm happy to hear that he's he's okay, but I can't imagine Taylor Lewin's going to be sent back out there to bang heads this week. So I feel Is he like on the Bills. I because I I heard some prominent uh, national voices out there saying that he was on a different team by the end of that game. But anyway, I don't know if you uh, missed that one. But I, I might have missed that. I had a lot going I like on. People, as you know. Oh yeah, but, Broussard. So, so Broussard. Broussard said if the Bills would have gotten the first down if uh, Taylor Lewan hadn't gotten hurt instead of because they ran because Josh Allen ran behind Taylor Lewan instead of whoever the backup. Well, that's very nice of the Bills. Out of sympathy. They didn't get the first down for the guy on the other team, but anyway. So I like people the- like to people like to people like to announce that they don't actually watch football all the time. They I, I don't know if it's intentional or otherwise, but people love to do it. Same thing with Chris Blewett, guys. Blewett has been in our lives for eight or ten years now. He's a kicker. The, the announcement, the cell phone of like, wait, there's a kicker named Blewett? That's a crazy name. Like, yeah, it was crazy eight or ten years ago when he first made the scene. But keep on announcing how you never heard of this guy who's been around. He beat Clemson, who was number one with the, with the game-winning field goal a few years ago. But, yeah, I'm glad he's new. he's been introduced to your life. Anyway, continue, Hedge. Um, so, anyway, I just I, – I think the Chiefs – Teasing that down to a half or zero, uh, and the pack that that the Packers and the Chiefs that just that feels like easy I like money. I mean, look, the Titans didn't. It's not like they were getting stops against Josh Allen. I mean, y- yes, you look at Derrick Henry, you look at the Chiefs' crappy defense, but like over the course of sixty minutes, I, I just am trying to contemplate a way like that the Titans can score with the Chiefs with the Titans' terrible defense. And uh, it did feel like it. Do, you, you sort of feel like the Chiefs maybe figuring it out a little bit. Obviously, they're they're, they're going to give up a lot of points, but they're going to score a lot of points. So I like that as my two team teaser. Pick. I agree with you about. I, I agree with you getting it down to the money line, but that the Chiefs are given five and a half in Nashville after what we just saw. And I know that, and and we kind of pointed at this. I I I, I don't want to have it both ways. Um, with the Chargers in Charm City last Sunday. I I did mention my only concern is the human element of the Chargers have had a series of games that just seem crazy. Like, boy, this is the feature game of the week against the Chiefs in Arrowhead and the Cowboys in L.A. and so on. And and they kept winning those games. And I I said, at some point, there's got to be a letdown. And so there was. I am not overly concerned going forward for the Chargers. Um, But... Uh, I, 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 I'm having it both ways here because I did pick the Chargers and I said they would certainly win that game. And so I was wrong. And when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Um, so that's my concern with the Titans. Although, I mean, I do think practically, I think that Julio Jones is now hurt. A.J. Brown wasn't healthy going into that game on Monday night. I, I hear you on the Chiefs that there's been a, enough noise now in KC, like hand wringing from from you know perpetuated by the likes of me, and now Jeff Schwartz is pushing back at me as a fanboy, like how dare you question that the Chiefs aren't going to be relevant? I'm just saying that they're in some jeopardy with this all time atrocious defense. That's all I'm pointing out to you. It's not a question of Patrick Mahomes' greatness. It's that the roster 
is not strong around him, especially on defense. And Derrick Henry can bang up the Chiefs real good. And if Ryan Tannehill has those high-end pass catchers, I don't think it's implausible that the Titans would win. But if you're down Julio and uh, a diminished A.J. Brown, then I see the path to victory for the Chiefs. So good pick there. Um, by the way, you know, th- this is what happened. This is what will happen to the league you vanquished me from uh, with your fucking beloved keeper idea. So Sal has Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara in the other league that you don't like to talk about because it's a keeper league. And Because it's a USFL. I'm in a keeper league. I'm in a different key. I just don't like hearing listen, about the USFL. I like talking well, listen, major leagues. The point is he's, he's averaging like – 25 points a game more than the second place team. Like it's, it's over already. It's already over because he, you know, he had Josh Allen for a dollar. So I guess he had to keep him at six, but then you don't have to spend any money. Um, And then, you know, he kept one of those big backs for, you know, a pittance and it's like, Oh, that's fun. The league's over in October and we can look forward to this in, in the other league once you get enough votes to ratify your terrible idea of making it a keeper league. I will say, I want to say one more thing to, uh, I'm going to go the other way against you formally here. Well, no, you did it in a teaser. I am going to take the Titans. The Chiefs typically don't cover. They may win the game, but five and a half, it'll be interesting to see if that number moves in either direction before kickoff. But uh, I, I, I will take the Titans. This was a big fortnight. You could see it going into it, that the Titans, they they lose to the Jets, but then they go to Seattle and they pull that game out. And all of a sudden, we don't know what to make about this team. I told you in the preseason that I don't think they're anywhere close to the best team in the AFC, but they have the, the cleanest path to the number one seed. If they win this game, then they will have gotten through the toughest two-game stretch on their schedule. And in the bum AFC South, it will become very realistic for Ryan Tannehill to get to put his feet up in the wild card round and watch the actual juggernauts battle it out in the wild card round come January. Another game that is huge in Week 7, as huge as a Week 7 game can be, in the mighty AFC is the Bungles. And the Birdies, a big AFC North, uh, and I think uh, all the narrative, uh, you know, the Bengals ready for prime time and all that. Hear me now. Get back to me on Sunday night. Bengals, money line. I know the narrative is that are the the questions are being floated this week. Are the Bengals ready for prime time? Can they challenge the mighty Baltimore Ravens? First of all, the Ravens remain flawed in my book. We can tick off all the reasons. I know you can do this with pretty much any pro football team, but for the record, they should have lost to the Chiefs. Um, Okay, let's uh, say that that's a wash with the Raiders game in week one where Lamar Jackson fumbled twice, but that's not a small matter that Lamar Jackson, who is handling the ball constantly and may not be throwing a lot of interceptions. By the way, side note, if you haven't noticed, pro football quarterbacks are throwing far fewer interceptions than they were five years ago. I have now investigated this. I felt that that was true. I've now investigated it. It is, in fact, true by the numbers. But Lamar Jackson is fumble prone at this point. Teams are teams are onto it. In a copycat league, you can be sure that Lamar Jackson toting the ball around all the time. You're going to see a lot of uh, peanut punches going forward on Lamar Jackson, forcing him to secure the ball, which will probably diminish him a bit. Anyway, 
This is a team that should have lost, did lose, if the referees once again get the call right. They lost in Detroit. They lost in Detroit. Um, so the Chargers game is the anomaly, not the rest of them. However, they are 5-1, and one, and they can kind of, I'm not going to say salt the division away, but if they beat the Bengals, now they have a, a pretty nice margin on the rest of the pack in the AFC North. Unfortunately for them, they are not going to get that victory. The Cincinnati Bengals will will announce their full arrival as a contender in the AFC with a victory. Bet them on the money line plus. Oh my goodness! I love I love the Bengals getting getting six and a half, but uh, you're going all the way, all the way to the money line. Um, the Ravens for me this year are in football what the San Francisco Giants were for me in baseball. I was convinced, as I think many of us were, the Dodgers are definitely going to reel in the Giants. The Dodgers are going to win that division, but by five to ten games, as I said many times, Buster Posey's the only guy on the Giants lineup who could start for the Dodgers, and Will Smith's awesome. So obviously the Dodgers with the superior starting pitching are just going to blow by the Giants, and I bet accordingly. I bet constantly against the Giants. I bet Giants, Dodgers, you know, Giants to lose, Dodgers to win parlays like night after night and just got decimated because the Giants won 107 games. That's my Ravens now. I'm like, that team's not good. That team is flawed. Um, You know, I bet them under 10 and a half wins. I've been against them week after week after week. They're five and one. And here I go again. I love the Bengals this week. Like I I can hear myself like, what is wrong with me? You know, uh, Sal was the only person in our little crew uh, who picked the Ravens. You know, when we get our when we get our graph, it's so exciting to go through that. And I've invented the lone wolf, which I'm. I got to catch you on. Correct. The lone wolf. If you're the only guy in our crew of, is it eleven guys? Is that what? Is that and Jen? Ten guys and Jen. Well, no. Um, now we have Megan Fun of uh, of sports with uh, the two Megans. Ooh, are um, they going to joining the get, network? Are they going to get? Well, that's going to make it harder to get a lone wolf if there's thirteen people picking games. It's just going to be trickier. But anyway, so maybe it'll be a one and done. But Sal, the only person on the Ravens, won the first lone wolf. My pitch was we each chip, we each give ten bucks to anyone who gets the lone wolf. So, so the rich get richer. The rich get richer. Sal, Sal cashing a hundred dollars last week as the only guy in the Ravens. I was the only guy in the Bears. Aaron Rodgers still owns them, apparently, according to Aaron Rodgers. And uh, spaghetti. Wait, did I have the Packers? I moved my picks around right up until kickoff. I was so the I only guy on the Bears <laughs> on the graphic, and it was tight-ish. Um, and then, uh, but, but, uh, boy, spaghetti's spaghetti's giants. I didn't want to take them. I I said this, I tweeted it too. I think I went on one of the pods earlier in the week and I was like, the giants are going to get housed by the Rams. And when I was making those picks, I must've just like blacked out and I don't know why I clicked on them. And I had, and that game was brutal from the start. I I swear to Jesus, I did not want to take the giants in that game versus the Rams, but it is what it is. I was a lone wolf. Jesus. I swear to Jesus. I did not want to pick the giants, which Jesus. The the one that the oh, one the that first one okay. the one that that's not helping the Giants out that Jesus. Um, okay. um, right. So Hench is on. So Hench and I at least are saying take the Bengals. That's the that's what you, the takeaway is. I say don't just survive though. I say live 
and take the Bengals <laughs> on the on, on the money line. That's now, great. like Spaghetti in his Homer ways, I'm gonna here's Dave's Homer pick of the week. There's no way it's too exciting. This is the biggest pit football game, and I don't know when. And I'm taking the Pit Panthers at home with a with hopefully a packed house of of blue and gold people saying, "Hey, the Pit, hey, the Pit, are oh, you loyal sons? Take down Dabo, send him home in shame." Beat them, beat them outright, cover the points, and let's get Kenny Pickett one step closer to the Heisman Trophy. What a crazy year this is. Kenny Pickett has now gotten himself involved in the, in the Heisman Trophy conversation. I'll give you one more, though, to tee you back up, Hench, to where we started um, here. The pay, here's the weird line of the week. If the, if the Chiefs giving five and a half points in Nashville to a team that just beat the Bills isn't the weird line of the week. It is the New England Patriots giving just seven to the Jets. What? I'm going to take the Patriots. It's a weird line, so it makes me want to take the Jets. But come on already. Belichick and company have to start getting it right a little bit, don't they? They can beat the the, the, the measly Jets by a touchdown. You know, and of course, seven makes it a very attractive tease with with one of your others. I'm, I'm, I'm just too emotionally traumatized by the Patriots having a new terrible coach. I can't, I can't, I have to stay away from that game. I, you know, I was thinking like when I look at these pre-snap penalties, like I look, look, and I look at the fucking block punt, the fucking mistakes on special teams, like the Patriots are just look like a terribly coached team. They look like, you know, like the Lions for 25 years, like with a new rah-rah coach who's like, oh yeah, your guys are terrible. They, they, a lot of false starts and personal fouls. And so, so wait, are you saying so? Wait, Belichick is from the Matt Patricia coaching tree. Interesting. Well, but what I what I what occurred to me, I wonder how. Like, you know, I think we we've all seen when guys tune out the old man, right? You know, when it's like, I mean, I think Belichick cut a very a very terrifying figure. You know, they're like this guy will cut lawyer Malloy. Like he'll cut, he doesn't care. He'll cut you today. You got, you know, and I wonder if like listening to the fucking kid, I'm going to listen to this guy's fucking son yell at me. Are you fucking kidding me? Like if there's just a little bit of, I think the old man's losing it. Like that fear is gone. And so then there's just a ton of undisciplined penalties. Like, I mean, I uh, listen, I, I listen, it's cons- it's conspiracy theory adjacent. But for the record, this isn't 2020 hindsight from you or me. We talked about this a year ago. You didn't love indulging the conversation. But here we are now that if Brady went down to the Tampa St. Pete area and succeeded uh, I, I, and obviously at, uh, couldn't succeed any more than he did down there in his first year. Now the books and now all the stuff of like, this is kind of Belichick's fault that the divorce happened. It's not on Brady or anybody else. It's kind of Belichick. I do wonder, I, I I'm with you that the mystique is a little bit like, oh yeah, the, the magic ingredient now lives in Florida. Like we, the, the old man well, was not, know, as, was, was not the elixir know, that we maybe thought we were. As you we know, um, I, I reject the, is, was it this or that? You know, it's, it's Lennon and McCartney. They, they were, I know, they were the, I get, they were I get the, the nuance, partners. but there's, they were, they were the greatest partnership, but it's the, not 50, 50 either though. But well, no, but the difference is, I mean, Lennon and McCartney, same, roughly the same age. 
and and Lenin immortalized in death prior to being able to make bad out. You know, like he just kind of is like preserved in amber as John Lennon. Um, Belichick is, God bless Paul, Sir Paul McCartney. I love the guy, but Belichick is Paul McCartney now. You're not running out to get the new Paul McCartney. By the way, Paul McCartney, he craps out an album regularly. Paul McCartney's making albums. Like you can get a a new Paul McCartney album, but like Belichick is obviously much, much older than Tom Brady. And I don't know, like I'm watching these games and I'm like, this team is not afraid of having to run wind sprints if they make a mistake. Like, I don't know what – it just seems like they're just like a, a regular NFL team that looks poorly coached, that doesn't – I mean, Gunnar Olszewski goes in. I don't even know why. I don't know what package he's he's in the – the uh, on the offense for. You know, he's a, he's a return man. He goes in uh, to, to be on the field for a play, and he flinches before the snap, and it's first and 15. And then, and then they get – 12 yards on the next three plays and it's fourth and three. And you're like, Oh, well, what do you know? We would have had a first down if uh, the special teamer didn't come in for one play and flinch before the snap. Now it's fourth and three. Well, obviously we'll go for it. No, we're going to punt because the old man's lost it. So between the players making tons of mistakes and the old man having lost it, I, I, I'm not, I, I doubt I will pick the Patriots again this year, regardless of the number. Like I, I'm Eddie it's, Spaghetti. It's, this conversation we've been having about fan bases. This, I mean, listen to Hench. He is the soul of Boston sports fans, and he's turned against the old man. Can you believe it? By the way, McCartney, better musician than John Lennon. Hot take there. And the other thing that people say about the Patriots is that, that as though it's a new thing. Belichick. Well, what's Mac Jones supposed to do? I mean, the, the roster is not great. Like, yeah, who's responsible for that? And then people say, well, so that's why the Patriots aren't as good as they used to be. I mean, outside of the Randy Moss, I mean, there were some jazzy signings, Randy Moss and Darrell Revis, but Belichick's been in charge of it pretty much. I mean, Pioli and otherwise, but, you know, Belichick's had his hand in this for the last 20-something years, and he could coach these guys who, you know, Danny Amendola or whoever else you want to invoke there, you would be like, how Troy Brown, what? Like this guy? And that's the same guy who can't get uh, Nikhil Harry to appear to be, uh, you know, an NFL football receiver. It's, it, it is on Belichick. And it's not like the personnel guy, Belichick, has always undermined the X and O guy, Belichick, it's fascinating what's right, happening. Well, the well, mystique the is gone, and I really is, do point to 12 being gone. It's like, I maybe you're right about it. It's like, ah, eh, the old man's wrong. Like, look, well, he let Brady go, so how, how are we to trust him on anything? Like, how did he let that happen? The greatest of all time now is winning Super Bowls? All we're left with now is your dumb hoodie. But, you know, they the crazy thing is, like, every year they would try to do it on the cheap, right? They were like, let's try and do it. Like, let's not go nuts. And then this year they were like, okay, obviously yeah, right. we need an influx of talent. And so I think most of us probably had the same take on those four, I'll say, weapons in quotes. I felt like the money they spent on the outside, Aguilar and Bourne, was insane. And I think I saw, I yes. saw not, not not merited. 
And then the number they spent on the tight ends, I thought was money well spent. Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith. I thought like that. Those are good. Those are solid acquisitions. Of the four, only I mean Kendrick Bourne obviously had a, a, a spectacular moment on Sunday, but like Hunter Henry's been pretty solid. Johnu Smith forgotten how to play football. Like it's insane. And so it is it, weird like, that he's vanished. It's like and, and it's like so I again you. You've got your offensive coordinator. You've got this quarterback that I I feel like, you know, when he's not getting drilled a half a second after the snap, makes good reads and good decisions. So then I think you now have to conclude these personnel packages. I mean, he keeps getting receivers killed because nobody gets any separation. Like every window is tiny still, which obviously was most of Brady's career. Didn't matter. He could put it in a tiny window. And I think between Mac Jones having a, a pass rusher in his lap on every pass and having no separation, it's it's very daunting um, to watch the kid, uh, you know, go through. I mean, he got blasted. He got blasted on Sunday. And, you know, you, you it almost got to that point where you're like, third and 12 draw play. You know, that, that kind of capitulation where you're like, no need to get this guy blasted again. But um, – yeah, so I don't it know. It is, but the but the but the subtlety of Brady's greatness, because of course the the sum is greater than the parts, and that's the thing that makes it kind of confusing when you even now we still kind of look back. And Spaghetti and I, for the millionth time, started the week with with another one of those conversations. That once again, here we are in another pro football season, and we're talking about Stafford and the Rams are looking good, and boy, Aaron Rodgers is shaking off all that offseason jive, and now they're on America's team. Dak, boy, what a high-powered offense, and are the Chiefs good or are the Chargers better, and all that. And we this ends with Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl again. Or I mean, are, is there any team in the NFC? that you would bet a limb if you had to. You got to well, bet somebody to meet to beat the Buccaneers in January. Is there any team in the NFC that you would rightly point to? I I I don't think that there is. I I, I am going to I'm going to I'll say this now and I will repeat it the rest of the way. The Cowboys. And here's here's why. Ooh, you um, and spaghetti. I I mean I uh, like the pick. I don't I'm not uh, uh, arguing. The the, the Bucks are so decimated on the back end, you know, and maybe they'll start getting guys back. I don't know how many of those guys are out, out for the year, but I, I feel like the Cowboys terrible defense is oddly opportunistic, right? So you, that's you give up a that's bunch. That's very New Englandy, isn't it? You, you that's give very up a bunch Patriot-y. of chunk plays and right. you give up a bunch of points, but like you make critical plays and that offense, I mean, you know, I grabbed Dalton Schultz after week one or two. He was just out there on the waiver wire. That guy's always open because what do you do? Who do you choose? And so the the the, the thunder and lightning backfield, you know, Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, uh, Dalton Schultz. And, you know, and then, ha- you know, half the time you're like, oh, my God, who's that guy wide open? That's Wilson. Like, I don't like it's like you're watching all these weapons and, and Dak's excellent. So I, I would think. Um, you know, Rams were my preseason pick. Bucks, you know, are, are the are the standard bearer. But I would go. I, I think the Cowboys. It's going to be a shootout, right? It feels like the way the NFL is played now is it's not going to be a seventeen thirteen NFC title game. And I just feel like the Cowboys can win a shootout right. against Tom Brady. 
you're exactly right. And everybody oh. wrings their hands because when you're watching your team, it's like, man, our defense just can't get stops. Like these guys, like, but I'm watching the Steelers. Like we can't, we can't stop Alex Collins on handoffs yeah. from Geno Smith. They're going to catch us. We're, we're ahead two touchdowns and we're blowing a lead to this. No defenses now just silence their foes consistently. It's not something that exists. So well, stop So stop getting upset. Like, why do we get more? Nobody does. The, the, every team has flaws. Generally speak, everything leans to the offense. Everything leans in favor of these fancy quarterbacks. Your defense is going to get got just about every week. It's going to give point, get, give up points. But that's what I'm saying about the subtle greatness of, of Brady. What isn't subtle is, is how many Lombardis he's won. But it Mac Jones in that same offense, like, boy, he's getting shots. Tom Brady never, or rarely, I know he was out for a year with a knee injury, but Tom Brady just never got lit up. That's not some fluke that's been running for 20 years now. Like, well, I wonder why he doesn't get... He is so great at unloading the ball. And Mac Jones, I, I think... I, I'm on the fence about what's going to happen the rest of the way for the Patriots here. I must see Belichick against Josh Allen. I know you'll scoff at that now that you've emerged as a Belichick cynic. Um, but they still have two games left against the Bills, and I'm not closing the book on them. But I do okay. wonder if if in the what-if world, what if Mac Jones hadn't been available for the, for the Patriots? We all, uh, non-Patriots fans, were like, uh, figures, of course this guy falls. He's a, he's, he's a Brady clone. Well, it's harder to replicate Brady than, uh, than, it, than uh, apparently... Uh, we thought, and I wonder if it would have been better if Mac Jones wasn't there and they had rolled with Cam Newton because to your point about the offseason moves, I think they were built to just run a uh, a wishbone offense kind of yeah, a thing no, in, I mean, in 2021. Maybe in the, in the, they would have uh, been better off. Term, I think in the short term, possibly, but the you know, you got to you're not winning the championship this year, so you got to start the process of maybe this will be the guy I think he did the I mean I think taking Fair. him was obviously the right thing and then you know I think you know showing Cam the door was the right thing but I will say this about defenses in the NFL and and this will circle back to why it was so insane that Belichick punted in overtime against the Cowboys basically defense now in the NFL is between the 20s if your defense has to honor the over the top, like if 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 the team if a team's on its own twenty, you can't really just leave a guy on an island and zero blitz. You know, Henry Ruggs will get an eighty yard touchdown. So defenses get better when you don't have to honor anything over the top because the offense is in the red zone. So if you look at the sort of what we'll call them stops. Your the proof of that is hold on to your point because the to, to one piece of evidence of that is. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers teams are teams are daring Roethlisberger to hit. They're singling up Chase Claypool and they can't hit that. I mean, it, right. he's trying right. Roethlisberger. And they're so, not hitting it. So they're, they're just staying at the line of scrimmage on him. The Titans and, and, and teams probably should start doing that more all, all over the field. But like what the tight when the Titans got stops, it was holding the bills to field goals. Once the field got small, once there was less field to defend. So to the Belichick against the Cowboys is like, um, you know, Bill, it, this is not a bend but don't break situation. It's no good if you stop them inside the 20. A field goal ends the game. Like, what are you thinking? I don't, I don't understand your process. All right, I want to throw out because I got to go to my surgeon. 
for my I know. You, my we check, got, we I all have out, places to be. I know. I want to throw out. Speaking of surgery, speaking of knee surgery, horrible knee surgery rehab. Um, I want to throw out a basketball season bet. Obviously, our, our taping schedule. Oh, I thought you were going to shout out Mo, Momo Damashek, who just successfully underwent uh, knee surgery. Oh. She's a lot right. like you, Hench. All right. My, my, my sister in recovery. Um, Kawhi Leonard uh, uh, on the long road back. Clippers under 44 and a half wins. Uh, that, that team mm. is very different without Kawhi, obviously. Uh, you know, Reggie Jackson got paid deservedly, but, you know, hard hard to stay hungry when you're so well fed. Uh, a lot of those pieces are good when Kawhi and Paul George are on the court and will be less good when you're supposed to be the guy. And the West, obviously, is just insanely loaded. So I, I like the Clippers under 44 and a half wins. Um, Boy, I love that one. And then, and then uh, a, a real quick baseball one, just because I'm, you know, in the, the throes of it. But uh, the, the 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 Astros run line's been around four and a half. It might be five uh, for Game Six. Take the over. You know, uh, I think we you can all see it when a when a team hits the wall, right? I mean, like you know, as as much as Red Sox fans wanted to believe that it, it, it was about to happen. The Astros won those two games by combined 18 to three score is 18 to three. So, uh, you know, the, the American league batting champ hits seventh for the Astros. It, it's a, it's a juggernaut and, 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 and they're going to continue to light it up back at home. So take the Astros over the important thing to remember Red Sox vanquished the Yankees, Red Sox eliminated the Yankees, Red Sox beat the Yankees that that's, you know, and then they fired Phil Nevin. I love that. Hey guys. <laughs> hey guys, we got <laughs> we got to we got to change I the culture. That. We got to change the culture around here. <laughs> oh, so uh so Aaron Boone's gone? No, we're going to change the culture by firing the third base coach, who by the way was fucked by the front office because he's left with that decision knowing Joey Gallo's on deck. Like so the third base coach is there's one out, but this guy's definitely not going to get the run in. There's a guy who's hitting 199 who struck out 200 times. What are the? He's hit two sacrifice flies in 2,400 career plate appearances. He's not going to get the run in. It's going to happen now. I'm going to go get a cheeseburger now, spaghetti. Let me know in another 45 minutes. And then anyway, and so and so I just thought it was funny that it was like fucking Boone's on the hot seat. And, and Aaron Boone went into his exit interview and was like, guys, we got to get rid of Phil Nevin, right? I think we can solve this. <laughs> right, this, this guy, right? right? I think we all know. I think we all know we would have won the World Series if it wasn't for Phil Nevin. So good luck in your future endeavors. Oh, shame okay. the devil. Maybe the Astros are going to win. They are going to win. But there's no reason you profit off of it, Mr. Red Sox, Mr. Boston. Hey, I didn't say the Red Sox Good. weren't going to score 18. I just said the oh, Astros. Right. Okay. The Astros over. Um, all right. Touché. I got to go. All right. Go. Listen, have a, have a good ball. knee rehab. Dr. Burt Mandelbaum, he's the greatest for all your knee surgery all right. needs. All right, there he goes. Boy, a tour de force. That guy's a lunatic. Who was he, Eddie Spaghetti?
Should have a lot of off uh, at some point. He started off hot. I knew we we're going to get an episode like that today. Um, probably a little more Patriots talk than uh, fans may want, uh, but I, I understand why he's angry. Um, and you know, the Bruins should be good. The Celtics, unfortunately, lost the Knicks uh, last night in double overtime, but they should be okay. So things aren't all bad. No, for, I, for I, I think the Bruins. The Bruins get one of the wild cards as i told you before the puck drop but i don't think they're world beaters I know a lot of people just make assumptions based on what happened the previous year it's why the penguins are going to be better as i told you than everybody expected because everybody looked at what happened like well their goalie tristan jari was no good in the playoffs ergo and they didn't make a move there ergo they're going to be a bum team this year and crosby so crosby's coming back soon the goalie will be fine. The issues with Tristan Jari between the pipes for the Penguins was a springtime postseason issue. It was not that he's not a guy who shows up uh, when when uh, his name is called, um, you know, 50-ish times in the regular season. And so far, so good as far as that goes. Penn's playing above what I think a lot of people expected. Reminder, we're about to jump into the season premiere, the NHL season premiere of Spaghetti and Meatballs. Eddie Spaghetti and Mikey Meatballs going to chop things up for you with the puck. But before we get into that, a couple of things. Like I said, extrapoints.com get into the arcade bet against us play against us prizes available to the winners nfl pick them college football pick them and beyond i mentioned the new show megan fun of sports with megan gailey and megan Connolly. they were on extra points earlier this week with uh, me cousin sal and martin weiss martin weiss lemon pepper parlay waiver wire with eddie spaghetti and jen piacente available for you now you can watch the live stream on wednesdays so much going down is the point make sure you're following along extra points pod on social media and uh, minus three pod and before we jump into that eddie spaghetti let us uh, tell us uh, tell everybody about the the great um, promotion going on from our benefactors FanDuel. everyone uh, can get a ten dollar risk-free bet during the pro football season here and let's talk about the game that i have circled as uh, the most compelling of nfl week seven FanDuel is giving a $10 risk-free bet every single week of the season, and that happens to include Week 7. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay with three legs or more, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel's going to pay you back up to $10. Make sure you're betting it with the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number 3, FanDuel.com, slash MINUS3. And uh, with all due respect to the Chiefs and Titans getting it on, like I say, Bengals and Ravens catches my eye. Let's see if we can figure out three legs to bet here, shall we? we had spaghetti like i say i'm gonna take the bengals on the money line um there are questions about latavius murray's ankle whether or not he's gonna be out there at the time of this recording we aren't sure about that one thing that is coming through pretty clear mark andrews on the rise he's catching some attention hollywood brown has looked good this season you know what that means to me eddie spaghetti Rashad Bateman, the rookie in his second game, is going to find the end zone. Give me Bateman anytime score. Round us out here, Spaghetti. Give me the third leg of this same game parlay. Well, some of the things I like, I do like the Bengals getting the six and a half. Not as uh, I'm not going to go the money like you. I think. Okay, uh, let's. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll meet you there. You and Hench, six and a half. Let's do that. I think if you want an anytime touchdown score, uh, if if Latavius Murray is out, I mean, Le'Veon Bell did score last week. He's plus 170. That's not a bad one. Another one I really like, Joe Mixon, plus 165. And 
Jamar Chase plus 170 anytime touchdown score. Jamar Chase, a stat I read in single coverage, the best receiver in the NFL uh, in terms of catches, mm. yards, and touchdowns. So if he's in single coverage, Joe Burrow will find him and uh, he'll beat up the banged up secondary of the Baltimore Ravens. So I do like Jamar Chase to score a touchdown too. All right, great. Um, well done. And like we say, that's uh, FanDuel, and uh, we appreciate you betting along with us or fade us either way. FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three is how you do it. Eddie Spaghetti, before we jump into uh, to this uh, season premiere of Spaghetti and Meatballs, give us your best bets real quick here. Uh, my best bets, well, we are going to get into some hockey talk, but I'll give out my homer pick quickly. It's the Rangers playing the Ottawa Centers uh, in Ottawa on Saturday. Uh, like Rangers money line, you want to go Rangers prop even uh, on the road. Ottawa is one of the worst teams in the NHL by any measure. Even look at their odds win the cup. They're like plus 10,000. They're not going to be a fact. The Rangers are a better team, and they show me a lot of guts and that uh, insane victory over the Maple Leafs, who are one of the best teams in the league, in my opinion. So if Rangers should take care of business in Ottawa, I like that one. Uh, my college football pick, surprisingly, not going to go Notre Dame this week. Another game I like, and I feel like you're going to be on the other opposite side of me here. The Oregon Ducks traveling to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA. Oregon's getting two and a half on the road. They're tenth in the nation. UCLA is not ranked. Uh, Oregon's the only Pac-12 team that is ranked. I know they slipped up and lost in overtime versus Stanford. If they didn't lose that game, we're right now talking about Oregon being the you know the Final Four playoff here. Uh, UCLA started off pretty hot, obviously under Chip Kelly. It's a revenge game for him. You know they had the win early on versus LSU, which probably played a huge factor in Coach O being uh, fired or let go after the season's over. I just don't see how UCLA is going to beat uh, Oregon. I know Oregon is dealing with a lot of injuries, but their defense should stop UCLA, and I know their rushing attack's been strong. But No, I agree with you on that K- one. Okay, Kayvon, I agree with you on, on the Ducks. And Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a top three pick in this draft, and, and he's a monster. Uh, just watching his his highlights, is it's been insane. So I, I like Oregon to win this one on the road. And for my best bet NFL pick, uh, I like the Atlanta Falcons minus two and a half at Miami. Atlanta coming off the, hmm. the trip to London and the, the bye week, the rest of the getting Calvin Ridley back. Uh, Quirrell Patterson, Mike Davis kind of combo running back and Patterson also playing some receiver has been, you know, he's been great. Kyle Pitts finally had a big game first of his career in London. So, you know, Matt Ryan's was a little bit left in the tank reversely. Tua, you know, there's just so many rumors going on right now with the Dolphins. Tua, on Wednesday, I believe he was limited in practice, still dealing with his rib injury, so I don't really love that. Atlanta scored 25 points in three of their four games they played this year. If Let's just say Atlanta scores 25 to 30 points. I just, I don't know if I could see Miami keeping up boy, with Boy, oh so. boy, man. Uh, you have... You have converted me very quickly with that. I've not stared at that game. I usually look at two bum teams going head to head and say, just avoid it. I, I, but that is a compelling case you just made for the Falcons. Yeah, Dolphins had to travel back and the jet lag. And meantime, the Falcons are all rested up from their trip. Great call on that one. Yeah, I do think Matt Ryan has a nice day in that one. Great call. All right, speaking of great calls, it's uh, my call to now start with been what only three months really since we've done it back again here we go everybody it's time for some puck talk it's time for spaghetti and meatballs we are back we're here spaghetti and meatballs brand new edition 
for 2021 NHL season. Obviously, I'm Eddie uh, Spaghetti here with Mikey Meatballs and recording from the El Camp studio in a room here. Uh, very excited to talk some hockey. We did our uh, minus three NHL preview collab with uh, the AAO guys. So everyone enjoyed that. That's on our extra points YouTube and the minus three uh, podcast page. So uh, thanks to those who listened to that. But Meatballs, this is a great time for hockey, uh, not only because it's back and our teams have pretty high expectations, but the fact that it's on ESPN, it's on TNT, it feels like a real sport now. You have Paul Bajanet making Wayne Gretzky laugh at the desk. You have Charles Barkley shooting pucks at Wayne Gretzky and, and you know Linda Cohn and Kevin Weeks doing a great job. I mean, it's, it's nationally available now. People are talking about the league. I am so happy to see that it's, you know, and this is NBC had the NHL for seemingly quite my entire life, but I wouldn't say it was a bad broadcast uh, when it was on NBC, but it definitely didn't feel it didn't have the buzz like it has now and searching for those when I used to be on like verses and, and, and try to find it on CNBC and, and I'm rambling here and I haven't said hello to you yet, but basically I'm, what I'm trying to say is my point is uh, I am so glad the NHL is back and it's on real networks and people are talking about it again. And this is a fun time. Yeah, for sure. It uh, it definitely feels it's got like an NBA exactly. type feel to it exactly. now, which is definitely beneficial. It's good for the social media world. Uh, good for all that. And I think it was the first time I know the other day it was the first time Islanders were on ESPN, I think in 17 years, 17. So yeah. so I was I was close. I said about my entire life. So 20, 20, close 20 years of it not being on on ESPN because we were we were kids i mean uh you were i don't know if you were born yet because i'm a bit older but like the gary thorne era of like espn like those are the old uh that, that was like back when like the stars and like the joe sagic avalanche like that's when they yeah. were in the cup that's what i remember it was it was on espn so the red wings had a good stretch devils too um but now we're back in this where now this is the 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 rangers turn for their era to be on espn take it over um but yeah, it's it's really as good as it gets. I'm loving it already, and I I know the TNT broadcast has been so good. The studio show has been so funny. Whoever thought of hiring a talent, not only for the NHL for the NBA too, that that man or woman, let me shake your hand because it is uh, it is awesome. It's an awesome job. Everyone's talking about it. It's great. But enough about the the television rights. Let's talk about some actual hockey. Quick couple news notes things. I'm not sure. We were both pretty. You liked the Devils coming the season, right? You thought they were going to surprise some people. I thought you know, and everyone who writes about the National Hockey League thought that Jack, he was going to take that next step to be an elite player. Unfortunately for him, dislocated his shoulder. He has no timetable yet to return. I believe they're evaluating him in like in a week or so. Um, that's bad news for them. If you want to go on family.com slash minus three and bet the Devils to not make the playoffs, I think that's a very smart bet because their best player is gone. And I just think the Metro now is just too tough. I mean, you don't see them. Ever, you don't see them making a run without him, right? Uh, I think it will be tough. Um, I mean, you still have Blackwood on the IR. Ty Smith is on the IR. Uh, Miles Woods on the IR. And now Bernier mm-hmm. is day to day. So Scott Wedgwood is in net. I think he actually, he was serviceable last year when he was in the net. Um, I, I don't know. It's going to come down to guys like Dougie Hamilton, I guess, Zaka, if they can fulfill their roles and go above sure. what they need to do. Uh, until use returns, I think they can survive, but um, I think they'll just, I you know, I, I was pretty high on them be, uh, coming into the season. I know it's only a few games in, but uh, if they if those guys can exceed what they're supposed to do, I think they can hover around 500, maybe a little bit above. I don't disagree. I just think that they're in this Metro division now. Like the one team we could say they're clearly better than, at least in my opinion, would be the Blue Jackets, right? 
coming into this year before the injuries. Or, yeah, like, I, I think so. I think with the Islanders play Columbus tonight too. So right. um, I don't think Columbus is very good. Right. Uh, I think it's, you know, line A is their, their big superstar. A few other guys, uh, Marissa Leakins is actually a decent goalie though. Um, but yeah, I, I do think they're, they're definitely better than Columbus is. Right. So you, you still have the Penguins who are right now leading the division with six points. The Flyers are five points. Caps at five. Rangers at five. The Hurricanes, who I sneaky love and almost may give out a cup pick with them. We'll see. Um, and, and then obviously your, your Islanders, too, who are on a tough, tough road stretch, like yeah. 13 games, wherever it is, uh, before the UBS arena is built in uh, beautiful Elmont, Long Island, uh, right next to the Belmont racetrack, which I've frequented many times. But uh, I, I just don't see a path for them to make the playoffs. And we're probably spending too much time with the Devils. But anyway, uh, one of the superstars in this league, Jack Hughes, out. Uh, a few other news and notes going on with uh, a lot of COVID-related stuff. You know, everyone's trying to get vaccinated, but they're still being tested and done. Uh, you know, say what about that, what you want. But it, it's that's that's the league rule. So you have Jeff Carter, Trish and Jari in protocol, uh, Blake Wheeler, uh, Shifley. There's just a number of guys. And who in the beginning of the season, too, we had uh, um, uh, McKinnon was on it, right? Yeah, uh, I think I, he's back. Uh, he's back now. He's back, but the, right? Yeah. The, yeah. But the point is, you're going to see, you know, big name guys just, you know, miss a game or two because of right. these protocols. It's just something you have to get used to, at least for. Uh, a large portion of the season, if not for the full season. But uh, does that change the way you look at teams in terms of even like betting, like to make playoffs or, or even player futures in terms of their, their, their point production that's going to affect guys like McKinnon, who's clearly in the heart conversation. Do you see this being a factor in any of that? Or do you think the guys that or the teams you're picking are, are good enough to withstand any kind of uh, COVID protocol stuff? I think it does affect, I mean, it's already affecting my Winnipeg Jets long shot that I gave out that I kind of, I liked a little bit. Um, and Shifley for hard too. I, I, he was already suspended the first game of the season. You know, he comes back for a game or two and now he's gone again because he's on COVID protocol and Blake Wheeler is there too. And it's tough for Winnipeg because that's really damaging to their top six. Sure. I mean, Shifley, I really do think he is a top 10, 15 player in the league. Uh, maybe a little higher than that. So, yeah, it's gonna it's definitely gonna affect me, uh, a lot of different teams on, you know, who's in their lineup and how how that affects your day to day betting and of course for the futures too because you can't plan you know a guy you don't know if this is in place all season a guy could be missing random games in March April which if they got to make the playoffs at that point that could be a really big deal. Yeah, right, totally. Well. Uh, let's talk about some fun stuff now. And, and you mentioned some of the bets you gave out. Uh, is there any, before we start giving some, some futures bets here, uh, obviously I think it's a good time to do it for us. The first uh, spaghetti and meatballs of this season. But like I said, we had that minus three AAO uh, NHL preview collab. What, what bets from those do you want to give out to the public again? Just let everyone know you, you, that you really like these bets, reiterate whatever, whatever you want. If it's the Winnipeg bets, the Shifley bet, you want to move on for that. I know your pops gave out a couple good ones, whatever bets you like, please, uh, please share it to our listeners. Well, I will say, uh, I was uh, mentioning this to you before the pod, the, you should not overreact to the first, you know, 10 games of the season. Uh, if your team goes 0 and 10, in the first 10, yeah, maybe you start to worry, but... Are you just saying that because the Islanders are in the last? Uh, no. Oh, okay. um, but sense. Islanders always uh, start slow, so I'm not... I'm definitely not worried about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, don't... No one should overreact to any of this stuff. Underdogs will always find a way to win in the beginning. You know, if your team's 500 after 10, you're okay. Um, 
But one one bet I do like I want to reiterate is the Oilers to win the Pacific. Um, I gave that at a plus five hundred. They're plus three twenty now. McDavid already has eight points. Uh, I think Pugliarvi has six. And how many does Drysaddle have? He's also the top. He's tied with them. Yeah, he's got eight. Yeah. So you got uh, that's twenty two points between three guys on that team. I think they are undefeated at three and zero. Oh, and like I just said, you don't want to overreact. Sure. But uh, Vegas is already having some injury issues. Yeah, they are uh, too. Stone, I think, is day to day, week to week. Uh, Patretti is out mm-hmm. too, correct? Um, so yeah, I do like that bet. I do think they're the best team in that conference given their star power. It's it's tough to lose games. I know Mike Smith is out for a little bit and he was playing okay, but I think they'll survive that. Um, so, you know, with David Drysdale, Pugliari, Nugent Hopkins, you shouldn't be losing uh, games to, you know, other teams in that division like San Jose, Anaheim, Vancouver, the Kings, Calgary, Seattle. I mean, the Knights are the, really the only other team that should contend in that division. So I, I do think Edmonton jump on it, you know, before anything major happens. Yeah, I I did bring up uh, the Ducks a little bit. I thought they have a good young squad. They could have made maybe made some noise in a surprise run there, but I think you're right. Uh, I think it's pretty much the Oilers, maybe the Golden Knights to, to contend, but with the injuries, it's tough. The Kraken still the odds whether on Fanduel or even you look at like the athletic does a great job covering the NHL with a, their like projection models. Like I don't, I still don't get the crack in love. I know you don't either. I know it's awesome. I know like the, the, the fan base is going to be great and the uniforms are great and the pregame stuff is great, but they just didn't take enough good players from the expansion draft to, to for me to really buy into. And not only that, they didn't, uh, we all thought that like they're going to take certain players, cheaper players, uh, and they're going to trade off you know these guys for for more picks and and to build up some cap space to to sign whoever. And they didn't do that really either. Now maybe next year, two years on the road, sure they may change up things, but the what, their roster from what it could have looked like. Uh, to what it actually is right now today as we record this it's 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 really it's worse than i thought it, it could be like by a, a lot yeah no and i think it, what's really telling is you know grubauer was one of the top goalies yeah. in the whole nhl last year and he's obviously playing behind a fantastic colorado defense uh with you know led by kale mccarr and he's struggling a little bit to start mm-hmm. here so i think that really shows um what kind of talent they have on that team they're not necessarily built for I they might be competitive but I don't like they just don't have the talent defensively or offensively right well uh, I'll I'll give out a uh, a surprise pick here uh, I'll start up with a bang now on the minus three AO preview I did say I really like the odds um, the plus 1100 odds for the Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup and I'll pull back the curtain like I, I clearly want to just say at the Avalanche I think the Avalanche are the best team top to bottom um, but it's no fun giving out the, the chalk pick here I also did like the Bruins but the the defensive issues have been kind of scary uh, I know they have Charlie McAvoy there uh, kind of moving on from the two grass the thing a goal some of the forwards are aging Patrice Bergeron he's no spring chicken but still one of the better players but I think I may be kind of souring on them uh, the more I look into this team but uh, so I'm going to say this the Tampa Bay Lightning are not going to three-peat and not only they're not going to three-peat they're not going to make the Stanley Cup final and not only they're not going to make the Stanley Cup final they're not going to make the Eastern Conference final and I want to give you my pick right now obviously the Leafs which I gave away but 
I, I, this is a slightly homer pick here, but again, when I'm analyzing these rosters in terms of just the youth, the guys they could call up potentially, um, which I'll get to in a second, the goaltending, the defense, this every like the depth, the the overall complete game. And I know it's early on, and they the the opening game of the season in, in DC was not great, but I think it's due to a backup goaltender. I like the Rangers a lot to make the Eastern uh, Conference Finals here. And that game they had versus the Leafs where, and trust me, down the road, Austin Matthews is going to net a couple of those. Like that overtime was crazy. He will net some of those pucks. But, uh, and I think the Leafs ultimately will be, we'll beat them because they're just, their top end talent is just better than the Rangers. And I think Campbell in, in goal is, uh, he's the real deal. But, you know, who also the real deal is Igor Shesterkin. Uh, Adam Fox, look, like he's about to get his contract extension. The Rangers are still doing this without two of their top six forwards with Strom out and uh, Kapakako and uh, Lafreniere scoring, Zabinajad scoring, the Bradman scoring. Uh, they're hitting, they're the lead the league in hits. They're, they finally have some sandpaper in their lineup. I think this team is built for the future, but um, they're looking really good right now. And as long as Igor gets the bulk of the starts in net and not Gorgiev, I really like the Rangers here to make the Eastern Conference Finals with the Leafs. Uh, ultimately, I have the Leafs beating them, and then the Leafs, my eventual, it'll probably be the Avalanche, but that's no fun picking them. So right now, the Stanley Cup, uh, Rangers 2,800, Leafs uh, plus 1,100. Um, that's what I like there. And uh, the other bet, like I said before, um, uh, the, I, uh, on, on the minus three pod today, the Rangers are playing the centers who are a plus 10,000 to, um, to make the Stanley cup finals. They're not a very good team. And if you want to do a weekend bet here, Rangers play the Ottawa centers in Ottawa on Saturday. It's an e- easy money. there. I want to go Rangers, given the goal and a half or Rangers money line. No reason they shouldn't win that game. But now meeples, I will let you react to this prediction. That you're going to disagree with. No, I actually, you know, I am, uh, and I own this fan, obviously, but I didn't know I, I'm not, you know, I'm pretty neutral when it comes to other teams. I don't really care, you, you know, who's picking. I, I'm sure. not afraid to admit who's good and who's not. And I do think if that were to happen, the Rangers play the Maple Leafs in the Eastern Conference Finals. I do think that's a seven game series. Because they're because they're just both young teams that are evenly matched. I think I, the the depth the depth of the Leafs at, like and their scoring depth I think ultimately is what what scares me the most. I think the Rangers going from this four lines of potential scoring to like this kind of grittier uh, lineup with Ryan Reeves and Blay and 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 uh, who, uh, you know Goodrow that that is what scares me where they could roll out the Leafs four like four lines of guys who really could score the defense is doing the job maybe not as talented as the Rangers but I think in, in, in the net Campbell could steal games so could Igor but the Austin Matthews Mitch Marner level of talent is what really scares me I just think those guys are too soft well, they may have the Rangers problems, but you know what? I was also thinking this too, is like, we, we haven't seen a Canadian team win in quite some time. It's like it, that streak going to have to end sometime soon. Yes. Do you side more with the Oilers? Yeah. Or, or, okay. or you know, I, I think the, um, the Western part of Canada, um, might be a little bit better than, uh, yeah. No, that's possible. All right, so I gave my kind of bowl prediction there. I gave you a weekend bet. Um, you do you have do you have something uh, mind blowing, something shocking that you want to share? Uh, not necessarily, but I do like your Tampa prediction as well. I don't think uh, you know Kucherov's out now, even though mm-hmm. Stamkos is playing really well and Hedman's playing really well. They're putting up points, but um, I do ultimately think this team will go as far as Vasilevsky takes them. Who's when arguably the best to, goaltender in the league. Yeah, yeah, I agree. When it comes to the playoffs, I know they have a ton of talent and stuff, but I do think they might be worn down after playing so much hockey for the past few years that it really will be up to him. Yeah, that's and a good point. A lot of extra games. 
as far as he wants to take them, that's as far as they will go. So I, I just, it's kind of confusing to me how they're still, I mean, they're plus 750, Vegas is plus 700. I know you don't want to overreact to all this stuff, but I don't know. I, I just think there is, you know, other teams like Edmonton who are plus 2,800 probably should be a little bit lower. Like that doesn't make any sense for Edmonton to be 28 to one and Minnesota is 24 to one. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. know Minnesota may be, I mean, I don't, do they even have more depth than Edmonton does? It's tough to say because you mm-hmm. have two of the best players in the league on one team. Yeah. So is that, if, if that, I'm not sure we can really call Edmonton a dark horse, but uh, is there, that that's the team that you like sneaky like to, to go, all the way, or is there another team that you uh, want to give out there? Because I'll, I'll give mine quick. Yeah, no, I, I think the Hurricanes. Edmonton, the Hurricanes to me are a team that I am not going to go out on a limb and say they're going to go away. But if if they make the, the cup, I'm going to be kicking myself for not pushing them because I like the I like a lot of things about the Hurricanes. Um, their depth, I think their goal situation is going to get a lot better. Their depth's pretty good, young core, good defensive squad. I I like the Hurricanes, but for you, is that is it, it's not the Oilers? I'm not as high on the the Hurricanes as you are. Okay, I think um, obviously the Islanders. I think the they just you know survive the regular season, be a good regular season team. They'll probably have their their long winning streak and their long losing streak, and then you straighten out in the playoffs. Well, and their hardest stretch, you, you argue, is right now. Right now, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're not so playing at home. They survive this, you know, five hundred record. They'll be fine. Um, and then you know, come the playoffs, you know, their veteran guys like you know Parisi, Chara. They'll be okay. Mm-hmm. They'll be okay. They'll be ready to go. As long as they're healthy, they'll they'll survive. I mean, you, you got to, you know, consider they got to the Eastern Conference Finals with Leo Komarov as their, you and, know. And I was just going to say, they also proved that they could they could sustain uh, with dealing with injuries too. Losing Lee last year, they did make some really good ones at the deadline as well. The, the Islanders are credit mm-hmm. to that. But, uh, but they could roll, like they roll with the punches. They have depth and they're guys who are, you know, healthy scratches uh, typically are serviceable players. I mean, you have Thomas Hickey who could always step in. Aho, who's ready to go. Yeah. Ross Johnson, ready to go. Bellows, always ready to go. Schneider's the third goalie. Uh, he hasn't played in a while, but he's going to be okay. But I do think Edmonton is... I, I'm pretty high on them. Because can you see Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle never winning a Stanley Cup in their career? It's a really good question. Like, if someone said right now... Or, you know, 15 years from now. These guys are say, multiple heart winners. How do not? Yeah. No, I never agree. win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. You'd be saying, because McDavid's arguably the best athlete across, you know, all yeah. four sports yeah. in his respective sport. Sure. So for him to not win the Stanley Cup at some point is kind of crazy. I'm still slightly scared about the rest of team depth. Yes, no, I, I I completely understand that. But they're two but, best players. They have the two are but the two best players in hockey. Uh, McDavid plus one fifty to win the heart. Drysaddle plus twenty three hundred. Which I feel like those numbers are kind of. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if McDavid McDavid should be that high. Like he should be uh-huh. what he is. I don't think Drysaddle should be right there because of playing with McDavid. Like they have the, they have the same amount of points. I think they're going to kind of nibble at each other's chances. And Steven Santos is right there. And he's only, he's plus 4,000. Like I could see, I think in the, our, our preview, I picked Artemi Pernarin to win it. And I had 
good reasons why his season last year was a very strange season he missed time due to craziness overseas but he's back but i just don't see him he's not going to be in the, the the mix unfortunately i don't think really anyone i don't think mckinnon will be in the mix i don't think it's matthews i think uh it'll be dry or mcdavid but because they eat away at each other i i may want to say if samkos can keep this up who's back and healthy i like the the, the value uh at four plus four thousand for uh steven samkos but anyway getting back to your point though like yeah you have these two guys who are the clear in my mind the two top one one a one b heart winners in McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, yeah. And to see them not hoist the Stanley cup in their careers in the prime there, it's, it is crazy to think about, but it also shows that like depth does matter. And like sometimes the star, this is not the NBA star power doesn't always necessarily mean you're going to go all where the finals you're going to win it. Like the depth thing, teams change their, their perspective on their roster building due to that. Like you build from the pipes up, you have a good defensive core. So it's like, yeah, you have these high flying, amazingly talented forwards, but there's, there's a full roster to build out, which, so that, that's what kind of scares me with, with the Oilers. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. I think they're, their biggest issue is getting past that mm-hmm. that first round and just being confident in themselves and being mm-hmm. like, all right, we're we're good now because there's definitely you know a lot of noise. Oh yeah, them. like they can't get it done. Blah blah blah. So you know, hey, bet them now and then if you want, hedge against them in uh, each round of the playoffs. So we could uh, let's run out of this one today. Um, we give out a bunch of futures bets and uh, we promise the next episodes we'll just get into the actual uh, hockey talk, the week to week hockey talk here. But is there uh, we talked a little bit about the heart, we talked about our cup picks, dark horse teams. Um, I know I gave out a Norris winner. Uh, was Cal McCarr, who I finished second last year, and I think he was going to win it, but it looks like Heavens have another strong season who's right in the mix, too. Um, I know we gave out some some caller picks. I know your pops said Spencer Knight looks like an awesome pick. Uh, is there a, a player future that you really love and want to share? Um, I do like the Spencer Knight pick a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been stolen from me. Uh, oh. No, it wasn't stolen from me. Okay. Probably, but we did have – I was thinking that um, – before we gave those out, so I do, I do like that a lot. Even though Bobrovsky is playing really well, yeah, as well. So I think well, he had, he had to improve because yeah. like, he gets the contract, and that's a team that people believed in. Uh, another, you know, another guy, uh, Barkov, plus thirty four hundred to win the heart too. That's a good team down there. Yeah, so. Florida's very good. So they, uh, yeah, they needed Bob to play a lot better. Yeah, Florida's a, a team that's for real. They have a really, really good squad there, and uh, I'm glad we did shut them out a little bit on our our massive preview show here. Um, is there? I know I gave out my Rangers Ottawa pick. I thought that's a gimme. Is there another weekend pick you like? here uh islanders minus one and a half i don't know what they'll end up being they'll probably be somewhat close to even money yeah or plus money but they'll be uh they'll be in arizona in harry's uh arizona yeah playing his coyotes so the biggest coyotes fan and listen andrew ladd is the top six winger for them uh it's not looking pretty for Arizona right no, now. No, that's a great pick. I mean, I, I thought I had it easy with the the centers, but it, besides the travel for the the Islanders, the Arizona Coyotes, I mean, the Phoenix Coyotes, whatever, they got to move somewhere. They got to they got a new new ownership, a new roster oh. structure. They need to. It's um, outside of their uniforms. It's it's really as bad as it gets. They just gotta just go all bring back the green, you know, uh, peyote uniforms yeah. and just wear the green and a, a per, the purple reverse retros. Just who cares at this point? You gotta, you gotta get something going for them. Yeah. I, I did read this morning. I don't think they're planning on moving anymore. I think they're staying. That's a shame. 
Uh, so, I mean, uh, look, uh, I mean, look, if they were good, the fans would show up. We see, you know, it happened in Vegas, another, you know, desert town. But yeah, that's, that's sad that uh, a, a franchise with, with such beautiful un- uniforms and everyone loves them because of uh, Paul Bijanette, who's brought, you know, the, that covers that team and everyone seems to, to like them in our pal Harry. But it's, uh, that's, yeah, that's, it's bad. But that's a great weekend bet. But uh, we'll be back next Thursday with more in-depth stuff. we got all our futures bets out of the way. We'll give you more weekend bets from week to week, filling in on the headlines. But uh, it's good to be back. It's good the NHL is just plastered on all of our television screens uh, nationally. It's, uh, it's a really good time. And uh, thanks for listening to us. So we'll uh, see you next week. Free Clayton Keller. All right, great stuff there, spaghetti and meatballs. And Eddie Spaghetti, you did call it in the office on Wednesday. You said this was going to be an all-time complaint session from Kevin Hench, the Boston sports fan. And uh, like Babe Ruth in Wrigley Field in, what was that, 33, 32, whatever it was, you uh, you hit a home run on that one. Um, hope you hit a home run, whether whatever sport it is. I'm using home run figuratively. You will hit a home run if you bet along with us. At fanduel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three. Thanks, Daddy Spaghetti, Kevin Hench, and to you, the listener, we'll be back after the weekend of sports to break it all down for you. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>